Okay, picking up from last episode, I had a teaser where the monster of the week was going to be Dracula. Now picking back up, Troy and Lee, what do you think the question is? I know what it really is, but what I'm going to say is, is it possible for there to be a fruit bat Dracula? I adore that. I mean vampire. Oh, fruit bat vampire. Fruit bat vampire is very good. Uh, I also think I remember what it is, but um, think about exploring vampires that have different tastes for different sorts of diets. I love that. You know, like maybe a vegetarian vampire. Is that like only it? eats the blood of people who are vegetarian? Oh, <laughs> that's not very vegetarian. Of gluten free vampire. Oh my god! Could you imagine having celiac as a vampire? That would uh, be rough. <laughs> wait, does uh, gluten get into the bloodstream? I don't. I don't have any. Because it might be easy, as long as I mean, I guess you could just powder your neck with flour, and then they would never go near you. That would be so good. <laughs> All right. Well, rad. the real question from last week, which. My fault, I am a loudmouth when it comes to non-secrets, so I might have been telling everyone but Troy and Lee. I kind of got back around to them. Oh no, you even just straight up told us. That also sounds like me. Um, <laughs> the real question is, because excesses of vitamins, uh, depending on if they're fat-soluble or water-soluble, uh, are in their respective categories, they don't stay in the bloodstream. So does that mean that Dracula is prone to vitamin deficiencies? A.K.A. or I should say including scurvy. Yes. Which scurvy then we get into the avenue of vampire pirates. Yes. Vampire Pirates is Wasn't so... Wasn't there a book called Vampirates when we were kids? Vampirates! I never read it, but I owned it, and then I was going to read it, and I never did. That but seems... Vampirates. That seems hard if they have to stay away from sunlight. Um, no, you just sail by night when all the other crews are asleep except for, oh. like, a single watchman, and then you take them over. That's actually a very good strategy. That is very good. I don't know uh, if that's how but they But maybe it, not but... a good strategy if you have scurvy. And that's that's where some people think that the origins of vampires started, is people with either severe anemia um, are fatigued and tired and wan and pale, and that kind of leads to believe of vampires uh, coming out only at night, because if your skin is very pale, you get sunburned easily, uh, it becomes a problem, um, and you look ghostly and otherworldly. That's different than the origin I heard, but go on. Well, there, there is also the very, very bloody, um, I forget her name, but she would bathe in the blood of young women. Oh, yeah. oh this you is different. What? Young. Yeah. What? I've never heard uh, this one. Elizabeth Bowtree. Thank you. Ooh. Yeah. She, um, that's, she's that her, job. she's her own special thing. Yeah. Sounds it's, like. Oh boy. Um, but the other vampire origin story that I know is, um, tuberculosis and people not understanding the decomposition process yeah. of a human body in a cold winter. Yeah. That's the one I've and heard. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. There's, um, there's a lot of different, uh, origin, origin myths to it. But before we go too far into it, should we introduce ourselves? <laughs> I suppose we should. <laughs> that is a very good point. I, I'm Rachel. I'm Troy. I'm Lee. And this is Science and Fiction. It's a little off on that one. I'm too, I'm just hyped up about these vitamin deficiencies. <laughs> I love it. So, Sentences never before said in the English language. Just hyped up <laughs> about this vitamin Except by nurse. Deficiency. Yeah, except by some, someone like us. Fair. So vitamin C um, is something that, you know, there's so many products like vitamin C is, is really good for colds and things like that, which might not necessarily be true, but there's no harm in taking an excess because it is a water-soluble vitamin. And that means if there is more than your body can hang on to and is needed, you just pee out the excess. Yeah, it's taken out by your kidneys, right? It is. Um, the fat-soluble vitamins are the ones that are a little bit more dangerous, like vitamin A. So you store them in your fat cells, um... But that also means that when you lose weight, those get released into your bloodstream, and you might end up with an overdose if you have too much. Just like my favorite vitamin, mercury. <laughs> I'm sorry. I take my mercury supplements every day. It's chewable. <laughs> they are joking. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, 
I was about to talk about Flintstones gummy mercury, but okay, fine. Flintstones mercury. Oh my god. I was gonna say that a random fact that I know for no reason that you can overdose on vitamin A by eating a polar bear's liver. There are tales of Arctic explorations where starving explorers ate, unfortunately, that part of a polar bear, and their flesh peeled off and they died. <gasps> Whoa! Oh my god! Hardcore! But that is a significant overdose. You would not get that in your normal diet. Wait a second, though, because if we're going to talk about vitamin deficiencies, we could also possibly talk about vitamin overdoses. What if you are, say, like, losing a bunch of weight and that vitamin, those vitamin A stores go into your bloodstream and the vampire just happens to get very unlucky with his timing. That's true. Do we have to almost establish a precedent of do they need the same levels of vitamins that normal humans do? Or I think are it depends okay on lower levels. Yeah, I think it depends on what the vitamin is for. Yeah. I just really Iron's love gonna the, be high. I just <laughs> really love the badass idea of this vampire because their skin can fall off, but they are undead. Uh, this horrible blade vampire. Pretty sure I saw that episode of Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh what what should we um what should what should we start with? Do you want to start with scurvy? I do quite like scurvy, just because it's one of those that is no danger to us now that we know what's in it. Yeah. So you think that a modern vampire could take supplements if there are any problems. But what about old-timey vampires? Yeah, what about goiter? Goiter is an issue. How much iodine does yeah. a vampire need? Yeah. Um, although uh, iodine so... would be in blood, so that would be less Oh, it is? Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, I think before we do go too far into this, we do need to establish a precedent of how much vampires need. So iodine causes goiter because of an issue with the thyroid gland. Are vampires, being undead, are their, are their endocrine systems active? I think with undead, undead causes its own sort of issue because it's so easy to back into magic. Um... Yeah, just for fact of how does an undead entity move? Okay. I think we so, have to assume that well, their bodies continue to do all of the functional things that would keep them quote-unquote alive, but that they don't continue to grow. I think that that is fair, because there's no way for them to have movement, to have thought, to have any directionality, unless... And their bodies would decompose otherwise. Yeah, I like the thought of it being like they have a chronic illness yeah. rather than being dead. So their their metabolism still works because they do eat. That's true. And Why they, would you eat if you didn't need to? Yeah. Fun. So they, they do sure. eat fun because it's fun to bite into a jugular. I mean, that's, um, I don't know. I'm thousand not saying years it's no not. entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, okay, so they do need to eat. Um, they need to... They do need to maintain their muscles. They move, which means they do need a supply of sodium, potassium, and calcium. Yes. They also sleep, so I think we're on the right track with this. Okay. They also sleep, yeah. and they do keep to a cycle of sleep, which means that their endocrine system must be working. Yeah. They produce... They produce melatonin? I but mean, I perhaps so. a little bit backwards, because yeah. they have a flipped... Sleep schedule. Sleep schedule. But that could be with vitamin D deficiency and, and or and slash or a fear of sunlight. Okay. If you would slip your circadian rhythm. Just like a, humans a who do have melatonin as part of our normal sleep cycle, but there are people who do graveyard shifts and stuff and can swap that. And I know part of what helps with getting your um melatonin sleep cycle stuff good is uh, using like the reason why people use those happy lights. Uh, partially for the vitamin D help, but also partially because it helps your body to adjust to, okay, when I have light, that means it's time to stop producing melatonin. But if the vampires never get sunlight, then they're not going to have that signal. Right? Can a vampire use a happy light? Hmm. It because on... it is meant to mimic sunlight. It's it depends true. on what Can the you get a sunburn is. from a, a, 
Uh, you can get sunburn in a tanning booth, I'm pretty sure. Well, no, you can burn yes, in but a tanning, from a happy one. Yeah, a tanning booth is UV radiation. Yeah. Does a happy light have UV radiation? I don't know. I'm already Googling it. Good. Similarly, we know that vampires don't fry in the moonlight, correct? That's correct, yes. Which is sunlight. So it has so. to be a certain concentration of yeah. UV radiation. Yeah. Apparently, Happy Light, which is a brand, uh. um, does not emit UV rays. It is full-spectrum white light. Um, but that is also a modern vampire solution. I think we have to not be modern, because modern people have figured out things like vitamin deficiency. Yes, we have to go about back in the age when the U.S. government did not know that a lack of iodine caused goiter, so everybody had goiter until they figured it out. We got to so step about back into 200 that years ago. zeitgeist <laughs> of what are vitamins eaten. Yeah. Of... Well, two-thirds of my crew died on this sea voyage. Better keep sea voyaging. <laughs> okay, I like the idea of starting with scurvy. Now that we've sort of uh, established a precedent of that, I really like the the fact that long-term scurvy uh, can cause severe gum disease. So their and mouths I think are you bloody. Can lose your teeth. Ooh. Oh. And therefore your fangs. <gasps> That would suck. I do quite like this. Okay, before we can get into this, I'm sorry, but we need another setup. Okay. Do vampires drink blood like vampire bats, where they make an incision with the fangs, and they lap up the blood, and there's an ingredient in their saliva which stops clotting so that blood continuously flows? Or are they like modern fiction vampires, where they suck in the two fangs, and suck up blood through the veins? Not through the tooth. No, that's dumb. Maybe they bite down, and then while they still have their mouth clamped in the area, they suck with their mouth, as opposed to lapping? That would make sense. I think, hickeys. Yes, I think it's kind of a combination of the two. They pierce with the teeth, and they keep suction with the mouth, and they suck the blood out with their mouth. But okay. hollow fangs is... I'm not... I, I think it's a more really recent vampire invention, so that makes really sense. It. I just wanted to set that up first. Yeah, okay. it the does make of, sense, of but eating. I hate it, so yes. that's not a good excuse, but... <laughs> the point of this podcast yeah. is to make you hate I it. I guess, biologically, it couldn't be through the thing, because how would it get from the thing yeah, into the stomach? it would have stomach. to be connected to the back of the throat. Especially if we're thinking of vampires as... Normal humans that can be turned to a vampire. Their teeth just become hollow. Yeah, there's a there's a certain amount of change that I can accept. Yeah, and getting yeah. hollow teeth with special ducts overnight, it's not nah. that is very valid. Just pile I them down. That. All right, cool. Um, so onto scurvy and possible. Fang loss, which is, I would say, almost deadly for a vampire. Oh, definitely. Although, if if they lose their fangs, then I suppose they could just make an incision. Uh, True. If it's not connected that way. Yeah, I think I think probably. Um, so I'm looking at some uh, some. So first of all, let's uh, talk about then the how how they would get scurvy. So uh, as you were saying before. The vitamin C is filtered out, and you pee it out of the body. When there's an excess, yes. When there's an excess, yeah. Otherwise, it's stored in the cells for the most part. Yeah, so there shouldn't be too much vitamin C floating around in your blood. Unless somebody has just eaten a source of vitamin C. Okay, so now this sort of is an interesting tie-in to my thought of vampires with different diets. Mm-hmm. It is. If there are certain things that vampires need, do they just, like, Go looking out for, like, hey, I'll pay you $300 if you eat this orange right now and let me drink your blood that while you digest it. has a very... I, I actually really like this concept. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling a little low. I'm getting a vampire cold. Like, <laughs> I need somebody to just, like, pound these vitamin C tablets. Just, like, completely overload it, and I will, like, drink from a specific, like, I, artery that's going from your stomach towards your... <laughs> I was thinking kind of similarly about human cattle, almost, of this is my population of humans from which I feed. Yeah. And you invite them into your manor, give them a wonderful meal. Yeah. 
possibly laced with sleeping potion or something like that. Yeah. Feed, get all the nutrients. Yep. I mean, wham bam done, you just have to be rich enough to own a manor. And if people get scared off from accepting dinner invitations, there's also a worry there. So, but the problem is, if you keep people prisoners until they run out of blood, they're not getting vitamin D from sunlight. That's true. I imagine it is people, like... More of a it's feudal a, system. It's a catch and release. Yes. <laughs> For your catch and release human. a human farm. Catch and release. <laughs> but that but then why would people ever come to your manor if you're allowing people to escape and t- live to tell the tale? That is admittedly That's where a sleeping flaw in pills my plan. Yes. That still though, if like after the second person says, Man, I got invited to this dinner party and I fell asleep midway through and woke up and I was somewhere entirely different, and there was this huge, like, incision. Like, yeah, if somebody, and I was somebody really hit my tired and, like, necks. I couldn't move for the next day. Yeah. Yeah, no one would ever much. go again. That's also true. It only has to happen twice. Unless you're, like, a feudal lord. I'm just saying vampires need to be rich in my world. Yeah, and it's it's very easy for them to, to become rich, I believe. They have lots of time to accumulate wealth. That's very well You don't really need a food budget if you're stealing other people's blood. But you do need a manor budget to buy a new one in a new town every few years. (laughs) Well, not if you have it set up, like, as a taxation system. Where you can stay here and you get all of the profit from your work, but every year you have to have one day where you come to me and let me drink your blood. You'd have to have at least, like, 365 peasants. Uh, do vampires need to feed once a day? Three times a day? Similar to humans? Mm. What is this scale? Are they warm-blooded? I would imagine if we're going off of the human-turned-vampire... That's a very good question, because uh, I also uh, feel like we need to establish what type of vampires we're talking about yeah. here. Because <laughs> a certain piece of media... That we all know. Their skin is cold to the touch. Yes, Twilight has cold vampires. Okay. So then, yeah, the, the question of how many times they need to eat brings up then, um, do they have a recommended daily allowance of, uh, or I guess allowance sort of puts a cap on it, like a like a minimum amount of vitamins they need? I think we need to determine which vitamins are, are necessary for vampires. Well, I'd imagine if we're going off of they are humans that have been turned, mm-hmm. and that they are still conceivably warm-blooded, because Twilight is not a good reference for mythology, Twilight's <laughs> ever. Um, so we're ignoring Twilight completely and saying that they are warm-blooded, their endocrine systems are working, they have ability, they're mammalian, if mm-hmm. they come from humans, so th- they have to maintain an internal temperature, which is a huge energy cost. So I'd imagine at least once a day um, for food sources, depending on how large the meal is. Assumably, you're not killing the host. So question, though, about the warm-blooded thing. Is there any evidence to the fact that they would be warm-blooded, or is it based on the fact that we have evidence that they maintain other aspects of homeostasis exclusively? Is that our only evidence? Yes. And that they come specifically from humans. And are not dead. But possibly that's part of what being undead means. Is maintaining a lower body temperature and still keeping alive? That, actually, I... I like that. Yeah, we don't know one way or the other. We would have to look for specific evidence to know what vampire body temperature is like. That's true. Well, because they do have vampires... Vampire bats, obviously, share a lot of... um, you know, basis together with vampire bats, specifically, like, a couple of species which feed only on blood and solely survive off of blood. Okay, I was gonna ask about that. Yes. Um, usually a sleeping mammal that they approach. Um, it uses, it likely uses thermoception to identify a warm spot on the skin to bite, so something where an artery is, is closer to the surface. Okay. A typical... Female vampire bat weighs 40 grams and can consume over 20 grams of blood in a 20-minute feed. 
This feeding behavior is facilitated by its anatomy and physiology for rapid processing and digestion of the food to enable the animal to take flight soon after feeding. Wow. So that's half their weight? Is that what you're saying? Half of their weight. Which... That's horrifying. I mean, their weight isn't that weighty, though. No, I'm not saying that's horrifying, but if we extrapolated that to vampires, that's horrifying. How many... Okay, so let's imagine a 150-pound vampire... That's 75 pounds of blood a day. I have another very good fact, actually. A common vampire bat begins to expel urine within two minutes of feeding. <laughs> while shedding much of the blood's liquid facilities, uh, helps flight take off, the bat is still added almost 20 to 30% of its body weight in blood. To take off from the ground, the bat generates extra lift by crouching and flinging itself into the air. That is Okay, but I want to focus on the first part of that. <laughs> they just start... In order for Dracula to consume most of the content of the blood, does he also just piss himself while I mean, he's Constantly. Eating? If you're only having liquid meals, and this isn't just like a smoothie diet, this is a significant this amount is, of blood. He's on a juice diet. He's yes. juicing. <laughs> Although he That's doesn't, not what that means. He doesn't need to get rid of the weight for flying purposes. It would aid in getting the most blood quickly enough. So he's just, like, constantly pissing himself whenever he feeds. Well, no, it seems like the bat retains the urine for about two minutes after feeding. But expels urine very shortly, so it's have a snack, immediate bathroom time. <laughs> Well, there's also the, what percentage of body weight do they put on, did you say? 20 to 30 percent. Okay, so what's 20 to 30 percent of 150 pounds if we're Like, like, uh, 30 pounds. 40... <laughs> 30 pounds is 20 percent. Yeah, so 20 to 30 pounds would be yeah. about 40. Or th- 20 to 30 percent would be about 40 pounds. Yeah. On average. <laughs> Just go from 150 to, like, 180, One, 190. 190. <laughs> An absolute unit. So that's 40... Yeah, that's that's just ridiculous. But that is also assuming that the vampire is going to drink half of his body weight and blood at one time, which I don't think is exactly a one-to-one. I think it would make more sense for him to feed more often at smaller amounts than to take but half of his body weight. But humans are harder to catch. Okay, so... It's true. Human... Uh, in a human body, 7 to 8% of the human body weight is blood. So if we assume that 150-pound Dracula is getting a meal from another 150-pound, or let's, for simplicity's sake, let's say 100-pound yeah. individual. He's looking child. for a child. <laughs> He's gonna get 7 pounds of blood from one child. Okay, let's, let, seven let's round it up. Yeah, because 7%. Oh, I thought you said 70, and I was very skeptical no, of that. No, 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 Okay, no, that no, makes much okay, more sense, wait. but also, yikes. So, if we say that he's drinking from a 200-pound person, okay, yeah. he's getting 14 pounds of blood if he completely drains that human. Yeah, and that's not sustainable. How many people does he have to drink from? To get what number did we say? Uh, About 40 pounds worth. About 40 pounds. No, that's 40 pounds of weight gain, not 40 pounds of blood. What was the amount of blood? It's 50% of body weight? That's 75 pounds of blood. 75. So. He'd have to completely drain five humans. Five 200 pound humans. And more if they weigh less. If I may add about vitamin deficiencies, one of the problems with vitamin D deficiencies specifically is bone loss and muscle loss. Um, there's also a lot in mythology of vampires appearing gaunt and thin, which might add credence to the amount of blood that they drink if it is a percentage of body weight. Ah, okay, so they are not, it's a, it's a feedback loop. They're starving? They, they try to get enough blood, but they don't get enough vitamin D, so they lose some muscle mass, and then next time, when they try to go after prey, they're not as strong and over time they end up looking more and more gaunt because they don't eat enough. Because it's at the human size, it's almost impossible to eat enough unless you have a steady source of humans. Or, or 
if they, we decide they've got a lower body temperature and lower metabolism. I, th- I think that we have to go lower metabolism, because capturing and eating five-plus humans a day is a lot. Especially considering this was back in the day when probably most people didn't have access to enough food to weigh 200 pounds. That's also very true. I don't think we can say that it's as low, like, it's not reptiles, they're not taking from the environment. They do have to keep their internal organs at a temperature, but it can be a temperature lower than humans. Yeah. So I think that if we, just to stay safe, just have the amount of humans that they need to completely drain to two to three a day? That sounds fair. That would make sense if you have a large enough human population to sustain it. Now, does that mean that vampires can only live near cities? Probably. Uh, Vampires are living near cities. Is there um, some sort of uh, impact that that's going to have versus more buried diet? That's true, because... Are people in the cities more prone to vitamin D deficiency themselves because they probably work in an office? That's your gun modern. We have to go uh, back home. Well, okay, so they wouldn't necessarily have to live in a city. They could be, they 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 could be a large town. Yeah, if they lived in a large, well-populated village. Yes. They would still have to change villages every once in a while because they would uh, get found out and killed otherwise. That explains why most vampires in our mythos are very rich. That's, that's I think, why I have association of, like, Lord of a Manor or something. Because if you live... Far away, you're very rich and very eccentric, and people are less likely to notice. People don't tend to fuck with people like that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the only way you can sustain your lifestyle without dying. Yeah. Actually, with that rate of two to three humans per day, vampires must live very far apart from each other. Yeah. Because too many vampires in a concentrated area would decrease the population of food. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, then, why would a vampire ever turn someone into a vampire, though? That is a large question. Loneliness? Loneliness? (laughs) Is the only thing I can really think of, because their sole source of reproduction is also their sole source of food. Yeah. There's a whole ton of... whole ton of B vitamins. Um, (laughs) But uh, riboflavin deficiency can result in anemia. It's true. And also makes uh, the eyes sensitive to light. Ah. That is very fair. Although anemia, I think, is the one thing a vampire does not have to worry about. Well, but this says it interferes with iron absorption. Oh. It's not that they're not getting enough iron into their system. It's that they can't absorb it, which would explain why they are so very pale despite getting abnormal amounts of iron. In fact, more than a human can take. If a human drinks too much blood, which is a very small amount of blood, they get iron poisoning. That's true. So there's something going on in a vampire that allows them to consume all of that blood, and maybe it's the fact that they don't get enough riboflavin, which means they can drink that blood, but the iron doesn't overload their system because the riboflavin deficiency messes with the absorption of it. So that brings something up. I don't know how true this is, so one of you should uh, fact check me slash correct me on this, but I remember hearing that when you have like a nutritional deficiency of some sort, you're more likely to crave the foods that would give you that thing. I, I definitely heard that as well. I think that's um, there's, there's some that evidence that it's People associate that with pica, which is not necessarily a nutritional deficiency related, although sometimes it can cause that. But I have definitely heard that as well. So that could explain why, but then which came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know. Hmm. Although I really do like that problems with absorbing iron, but is there any... Um, evidence that people with riboflavin deficiency can have an excess of iron and it's harmed them. Because it would require getting iron out of bloodstream and most likely defecated it fairly, fairly quickly to stop toxicity. So is it having too much iron in your bloodstream? Yes. Or is it absorbing too much iron out of your blood? Now that's a very good question. Because if you can't absorb it, then is it really there? I mean, 
physically, yes, but physiologically, I mean. Do we even know for a fact that vampires only drink blood? Good question. Yeah. Uh, I do have up here the uh, Wikipedia page for vampire. So, uh, of course, there are lots of different um, vampire myths from different cultures. In many European legends, they are uh, usually reported as bloated in appearance and ruddy, purplish, or dark in color. It sounds like a corpse. Yeah. In general, fangs were not a feature. Oh. Did they still drink blood? Blood was often seen, it says, seeping from the mouth and nose when one was seen in its shroud or coffin, which is definitely a tie-in to tuberculosis. That's true. Huh. Riboflavin is continuously excreted in the urine of healthy individuals, making deficiency relatively common when dietary intake is insufficient. Being a water-soluble vitamin, it has the same problems as vitamin C of retention. Okay. It's hard to to pin down where the blood-drinking aspect came up, at least in line with vampires themselves. Um, There's a lot of history of blood drinking and flesh eating being synonymous with like demons and the devil, but then where it sort of begins to align with vampire, it's a little hard to suss out. I guess uh, one of the like proper vampire myth origins is in the late 17th and 18th centuries in Eastern Europe, modern day Croatia. Is this Vlad the Impaler or is that different? No, Vlad, uh, that's a, that's an interesting thing actually. Vlad the Impaler had nothing to do with vampires. Really? Yeah, Bram Stoker uh, was like, that dude looks awesome and I'm going to make him the basis of my vampire stories. I mean, but so, doesn't that mean that he then is associated? He has become, yeah. but originally... Uh, originally he was not. But is Bram Stoker far enough back that we count it as canonical? Good question. Let's see here. I think we... That almost, like, evolved it into two separate categories of the pre-Bram Stoker vampirism, which I think is what we're most familiar with today, versus what seems to be the tuberculosis-associated vampire of of bloody and corpse-like. Mm-hmm. Which actually seems very similar to zombie yeah. type. Yeah. So then there's the question of, are we going with Dracula, which is Bram Stoker's creation, or are we going with vampires in general? Or are we going with Stokerian vampires <laughs> that are akin to Dracula? I like both so much. Um, and it's possible that they might even be like different species in a way. But if we're talking about Stoker, that brings in an entirely second set of issues, though, which is that they can transform into different creatures and even mist, right? Or fog or something? Yeah, there are lots of things that Dracula can do, such as shape shifting. Uh, turning other people into vampires. He turns into mist, he can turn into bats. Mind control as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That does make it a lot easier to get food. That's true. Mind control is very helpful for for farming people. Farming people. I think because the premise of this question is based specifically on vampires that drink blood, solely and having nutritional deficiencies because of that, we have to redefine and go to Stoker's vampire. That's fair. But I do like that they're two separate things. That's pretty cool. Alright, so if we are going by two to three humans a day, possibly lower body temperature, the two to three human figure would rely on him basically draining the entire individual, correct? Yes. Yes. So, which would result in a dramatic loss of blood pressure and death. So how much can he take from a human before it's fatal? Ooh, we do know that you can donate, what is it, uh, what do you donate Fuck when you- Fuck if I know, I can't donate. Is it, uh, how much do you donate, is it a liter? It can't be a liter, that's a lot. I'm googling the max amount of blood that has been donated. Every adult human being has five to six liters of blood. 
Oh, um, yeah, it's definitely not one whole liter. You can't <laughs> get rid of 25, 20% of your blood, no. Any person between 18 and 60 years weighing 45 kilograms or more can safely donate one unit of blood. That is 350 to 450 milliliters once every three months. Okay, so if you do keep your population alive... Well, that's for alive and healthy, not just alive. That is true. But I guess you probably want them healthy for sustainability. Okay, we need to do some conversions here. How many liters is he drinking if he's, what did we say, 75 pounds of blood? Yes. Yeah. I know that 100 pounds is 45 kilograms, so that's an easy conversion point. For blood or for water? Pounds and kilograms are oh, both mass. kilograms. Kil- no, I thought, I, I want to know how much, uh, uh, how oh, okay. much does... When you donate blood, a pint is collected. You can give up to two pints in an automated blood collection. How much is two pints in milliliters? Are we going to use uh, liters or pints and quarts and gallons here? I think we're translating it to weight. We're doing science, so Okay, so we've got to use metric. Uh, One pint of human blood, we'll round up, 500 grams. Okay. Okay. 500 grams. And you said that you can donate up to two pints? Up to two pints. 75 pounds is, again, well, let's round up, 35 kilograms. 35 kilograms per day. Yep. Needed. And so 500 grams times two is one kilogram, right? Yeah. So that's 35 people in a day, if he's keeping them alive. Which is, I Ooh. think, I think that is too many people. If you are trying to keep a secret or or anything like that to stop, what is basically, you do not want the human cattle to become a human mob to destroy They you. can't unionize. They cannot <laughs> unionize. And this is also, they can safely donate that much every three months. Yeah, so. Which means you would have to have, like, a hundred people. Well, let's... Let's do the math here. So how many days is 100 months? I mean, is uh, three months. Well, three months. That's like 90 days? 90 days, right about. 90 times 35, then, if he's eating that much daily. Yeah, that's... So what's 90 times 35? 270 plus 45, 315. 315 people. Oh my god. Over 300 people just for one vampire. We're gonna have to kill people here. (laughs) And... But that's not sustainable. He'll get driven out of town. He can't have a manor if he's getting driven out. But if you have a manor and you're mysterious and people are going missing but you're investigating... Eventually someone's going to turn to you, though. Eventually. I think this can only work in way pre-modern days. If it's a feudal system and people go missing and you say, well, it's wolves or something like that... Also consider... But that's many people every day going missing. People are going to move out. Also consider a nomadic vampire. Yeah. That just comes into town in the middle of the night and then leaves every single day. anybody knows what's happening. Well, maybe it happens, like, for a couple of weeks in one place, and then you get, like, legends of a monster, or in more modern times there's a serial killer on the loose or something. That's true. I mean, that would be a very efficient serial killer, so maybe not that. I think if a vampire is going to have a manor where he invites people over for fancy parties, he's going to draw a lot of attention to himself. If he comes in as, like, this, like, well, if he's just, like, a normal part of the town, you know? He's, like, a good stand-up guy, but at night he goes and, like, just drains somebody of their entire blood system. Um... It's not ideal, but will he necessarily be fingered as the one? That's true, especially if he's in good standing. Well, he's not going to be around during the day to be a normal, upstanding citizen. That's true. Oh, that is very true. But that that does lead some suspicion. Is there a nightlife in a feudal society? Probably not. Exactly. Not not having. Electricity really puts a damper on the nightlife. I mean, sit around a campfire with your buddies, or I guess not a campfire, but sit around a fire with your buddies, go to a tavern, bring a lamp back with you, hope that the vampire, the local vampire doesn't pick you to eat that night. Probably Uh, no one would go out. Consider this. Lord of a Manor travels to 
outlying villages for the prey, and so the village closest to the manor is not touched by vampires. That does throw suspicion off of the real vampire. True. Except when the lord of the manor comes to visit your village, everyone's going to notice. So if the lord of the manor comes to visit your village and 35 people... Sneakily at night, and he'd have to murder three people a day. Where did we come to the three people figure out? Oh, wait, yeah, because if that's draining every drop of blood. That's true. But that also, back to vitamin deficiencies. As I said, the polar bear liver could cause an overdose of vitamin A. That's because the liver is where most vitamins are stored. So if a vampire drains a person entirely of their blood, and is also able to consume the liver as well, which... Ah, yes. okay, but so that's this the detox us, system right there. There could, yeah, they would have to deal with excesses. That brings us back around to the question of can they consume things other than blood? Yeah. I I don't want to get into things that are non-human. I think we just yeah, I think we'll like have to Doritos go right out. <laughs> but can they consume? Can they consume human viscera? Or now are we getting or too close to zombies? Or can they consume animal blood also, though? Or animal blood. Because, like, there's that like whole thing. Like Twilight. Oh, I was thinking of Buffy again. That part where Angel, like, right after he gets a soul and he feels terrible. Uh, have either of you seen Buffy? Nope. Nope, but, but I have oh my seen God. The Littlest Vampire where he drinks the blood of cows at night and then summons a horde of vampire cows. That sounds delightful. It um, is. What happens uh, in Buffy is uh, when Angel first got his soul and became incredibly guilty about murdering people, he just, like, spent several years living in an alley and drinking rat blood to stay alive. I mean... So that would be a lot of ra- How did that city still have any rats? Rats can't breed that fast. I mean, rats do breed pretty fast. Yes, but 35... I, okay, so five human bodies... Five human bodies worth of blood over rats. How much blood does a rat have? You would have to be continuously drinking and pissing rat blood. In any, like, feudal town, there's going to be a very large population of rats. So as long as the rats you are consuming are under the amount of rats produced in a day, and because their reproduction cycle is very fast and exponential, that is also the same. Okay, that's fair. So maybe in some ways, having a local vampire, if they drank rat blood, would be a good thing, though. It's like having a cat. Yeah. Only the cat also wants to drink your blood. Yeah, why would a vampire drink human blood if it could just drink, like, cow blood? Tastes better? Maybe they've got preferences. have a fantastic thing to read you. Um, The most common species of vampire bat, Desmodus, is not only fastidious and will attack any warm-blooded animal... The white-winged vampire appears to have special preference for birds and goats. In the laboratory, it has not been possible to feed Diomedes on cattle blood. Preferential vampires! Okay, that's very good. Do you think they have favorite blood types? Ooh, I like that. I don't know if blood blood types types taste different at all, but I think depending what you put in your body and what your health situation is... It can taste different just depending on your own personal, like, blood chemistry. Yeah. Okay, now I'm envisioning a vampire, like, at a wine tasting, like, oh, yes, this has hints of 1785. They must have gone to the French countryside. (laughs) This one has notes of Mountain Dew. (laughs) (laughs) The vampire sommelier. (laughs) <laughs> probably, if they had that good of taste abilities, they could probably also do blood tests for you. That's true. <laughs> if you don't have insurance, you don't have your doctor. You know you're going to have a heart attack soon if the vampire won't even look at you. <laughs> yeah, like how in the olden days they used to test for diabetes by tasting urine. Yeah. To see if it well, had high glucose levels. Yeah. Can a vampire... <laughs> drink piss? Yeah. I, no, yeah. Yeah. It is. No, I'm saying, uh, can no, a vampire oh, drink No, not the vampire. Can the vampire detect certain things yeah. based on the taste of the blood? Probably. I probably couldn't, but that's because I don't want to drink blood. But, I mean... But somebody who, if like... If you drunk wine and were attuned to the taste of wine, exactly, you could which I am not, notes. but I could. But if that was the only thing that you drank, that 
might be a factor. Yeah. I could make that happen. <laughs> Maybe don't. Maybe your peasants. I still love this feudal system with a vampire lord. I'm going to keep going back to it because I adore Do it. it. It's good. Uh, what if those peasants are like the most well-fed peasants in the world? Maybe that's why they're put up with some it. Of He's them very die. rich. He just buys them food. Yeah. And then, the yes, they food. are his livestock. But then if he fed them well enough, maybe they would agree to stick around even knowing that once every three months they were going to get... I feel like humanity's not really great at playing the long game when people that they love are being murdered. No, I'm saying if they didn't get murdered, if instead he went for the I'll just drain as much as you can safely donate. And it was just, hey, so I will pay for all of your food, or even just like I said earlier, hey, you don't have to pay any taxes. You can keep everything you create. Think of how great that would be for a serf. That's true. Just go, you get to keep all your land, everything you make on your land for yourself. All you need to do is once every three months, somebody in your family needs to come let me drink their blood. Probably have a lot more kids. What? If somebody does not want to pay our protagonist hero of the novel, the retribution is you drain them entirely? Yes. Yep. This is now this is now a cult. Oh, I was thinking it like the mafia. It is absolutely a cult. It is yeah. absolutely a cult. Vampire cult. Vampire cult. This is I in. adore this actually. Yeah. This is a great story idea. But let's go back to vitamin deficiency. Vitamin C. Now I'm looking at vitamin D, which I think is a big thing that people think about. People think about vitamin D because they think about sunlight and they think that vampires are not in the sunlight. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, vitamin D. Uh, a deficiency can also impair uh, impair what's going on in your bones because you need... Uh, vitamin D to um, build your bones. And it also causes... Uh, so, do you need vitamin D while your bones are growing, or to maintain bone health? Because we've already agreed both. that they don't continue. Okay. Both. Your, uh, your bones are constantly being demineralized and rebuilt. Not lengthening at all once you stop growing, but your bones not only serve as a scaffolding for your body, but as a calcium store so that your muscle cells can have a supply of calcium iron, ca- calcium ions, uh, in order to contract and keep moving. Which means even for just your heart to beat, you okay. need calcium, and that calcium just, uh, there's a hormone that triggers it to come from the bones. Okay. And then the bones are rebuilt, so they're constantly being... Yeah, uh, vitamin D helps aid in the absorption of calcium specifically. So it is necessary for you to have those calcium stores that are being continuously broken down. Alright, so it looks like there is normally calcium in, uh, and having too much in your blood is not great. Um... But that, that's, you know, that's a human problem, not a, not a Dracula problem. <laughs> vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin, which means that it is stored in fat cells. Thus, not as easily accessible for blood, correct? I mean, most vitamins are not easily accessible from blood, because they are either fat-soluble or water-soluble. They're stored in the liver if they're necessary, and the excesses are stored in their respective areas. Most things are not... Things aren't really stored in blood. They're transported by blood. Yeah. And if they need to be gotten rid of, they are in the blood for a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, so nothing nothing really, like, stays in there for too long. So if a vampire was looking to get uh, a specific thing, he'd have to catch it, like, right out of the bloodstream, it being absorbed from the digestive organs. Yeah on the way to, like, the liver kidneys. Which brings credence to the incredibly wealthy benefactor who all he asks is that you come to dinner and allows you to feed on him, and allows uh, him to feed on you afterwards. Yeah. I would like you to eat this entire plate of bananas. (laughs) Just oranges today. Just oranges. Uh, Can you remind us of our original question so we can tie a nice little bow on it? Yeah. Do vampires get vitamin deficiencies because vitamins are not stored in the blood, they are either fat or water-soluble? I think we've pretty much established that they would have to be very intentional about obtaining vitamins. But because of that, I think that they are able to continue 
without adequate levels of vitamins because it is so difficult to get a hold of them through the blood. That is very fair, I think. Uh, it sounds like our uh, riboflavin deficiency might have some credence. It does. It seems like the only way that a vampire can really get out of having these deficiencies is by being able to eat other human organs, including the liver, which I think is the most reasonable response, is that it's not a blood-only diet. Can he put the liver in a juicer? (laughs) Can he only drink juice? Yes. He doesn't have the ability to chew. All he has is two fang. Two fang? His other teeth? Does Does he? I mean, not Have you ever looked? Not if he has There we go. I think that's a good ending. There we go. Ending. We solved it. And now a teaser for our next one. Um, Let's so go I for me. We'll tell you the mythological creature, uh, but oh. not the question, and Troy and Lee are going to try to come up with a question. The topic for today is Satan. Um, it is going to be Goat Satan, the goat Satan. satyr-ish form. Okay. So goat Satan with the cloven hooves with and the half horns. Half cloven hooves, half human on the top with the horns. With the horns, with all the right. With the goat head, like, like, the, uh, the, like the Baphomet type yeah, thing. The, the satanic temple statue. You know what? User's choice. I think it works for either. Okay, so the half man, half goat, lord of darkness. Yup. Get ready. Hell yes. Literally. Literally. Literally hell Yes. so you can follow along with our visual references. And if you want it short and sweet, we're also on Twitter, at ScienceingThick. That's S-C-I-E-N-C-E-I-N-G-F-I-C. Also, make sure to subscribe if you want to be among the first to hear when a new episode comes out. No cryptids were harmed in the making of this podcast.